following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthling. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Virginia. <laughs> think Jackal's a Latino? I'm not sure. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all to another exciting episode of Inside the Jackal's Head. Right here live on psn-radio.com on this beautiful February 9th, 2020. We're going to have a great show tonight. A very serious topic uh, on the second hour with our guest. And this is something that I've been binging on all week. And uh, I can't believe that this has gone under the radar. Uh, we're going to have Mitchell Nicholas Gerber on the uh, show. Now, Mitchell... Uh, is somebody who um, I just came into contact recently, and I didn't know much about him. I didn't know much about what he was uh, researching for a very long time now. And um, it, it's one of those things that where when you look at what's happening in China now with the uh, coronavirus and all this stuff that's happening over there, you start to wonder, well, could that out- the whole thing be, be staged almost? to kind of? And I'm not saying there's not an actual outbreak, but to kind of hide and numbers of some of the people that have gone missing due to uh, organ transplants uh, that are taking place over there on an illegal basis, and they're doing it on uh, grounds really of what's considered uh, at this point with all the many people that have supposedly died. Uh, this is genocide, folks. We're, we're talking about uh, organ harvesting in China uh, tonight with uh Mitchell, and uh, this is uh, something very, very serious again, and uh, this is dealing with a what seems to be a very peaceful community in China, and uh, now, I wanted to let him really tell the story, I don't want to jump into it because he knows it a lot better than I do, but I, and he knows this group a lot better, now the community is called the uh, Falun Gong, and basically they're labeled a cult by the Chinese government, and, uh, you know, cults are not exactly a fun thing to deal with, uh, you know, but every religious movement, every spiritual movement is kind of a cult in, in a sense, Christianity, Buddhism, Muslim, no matter what the religion is, they all kind of start in a cult kind of movement, I don't know, maybe that is why the Falun Gong is looked at by the Chinese as such a dangerous cult, um, or maybe it has more to do with the communist nature of China. Now, from what I've been able to read and kind of understand uh, from, you know, my limited knowledge of the Fulan Gong, is uh, that they're an ancient Chinese spiritual discipline. Now, the Fulan Gong is nothing brand new, because uh, a spiritual discipline in the uh, Buddhist tradition, and it's pronounced Falun Gong. I probably mispronounced it there a couple of times. Falun Gong. It consists of moral teachings and meditation of four gentle exercises that are uh, from, you know, everything I've seen and from just looking at videos online. It's uh, a unique and highly effective way to improve your health and energy levels. Seems innocent, right? Now, at the core of the uh, uh, Falun Gong, are the values of truthfulness, compassion, tolerance. And uh, it teaches that these are the most fundamental qualities of the universe and takes them to a guide of daily life and practice. And I saw um, the founder, Mr. Uh, Li Hongzai. Um, you know, he was 
uh, trying to simulate the highest qualities of the universe uh, through truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. And those are the foundations of the practice. Uh, as he puts it, practice is the guided, is guided by these supreme qualities and based on the very laws which underlie the development of the cosmos. So, you know, this is something that's dealing with spirituality. Again, it's, it is dealing with meditation. They seem like a very peaceful bunch. So why is the Chinese government for a couple of decades now, at least, or several decades, uh, trying to not only get rid of them, now mind you, this is uh, from all accounts, uh, at least a hundred million followers of the Fulan Gong uh, are out there. And while the Chinese government has kind of like signaled them out and done what they've done is really just bizarre as criminal. Um, there's doctors that are coming forward saying, yes, they've worked on uh, folks that have been uh, taken by the government and used in experiments and used for, like, very notorious things. And um, even, you know, like, like I said, organ uh, harvesting. And a lot of times these are done with people that are wide awake. Um, you know, they're alive basically, so they're being murdered. It's not like you're working on, on people that are dead. You know, these, these people are being literally killed for their organs, and anytime somebody who's rich has money, you know, wants to go to China to get an organ, A, you know, it's available. Why is that? Well, this could be a reason. Now, this also, with the coronavirus, this could be a way to fudge numbers and say that a lot of these people that have been missing due to the full-on gong, um, you know, genocide that's been going on, uh, I have a feeling that, uh, that maybe some of the, those numbers uh, from the coronavirus might be some of these victims. They might be kind of like labeled in there as, you know, uh, victims of the coronavirus, when really they might be victims of the Chinese government enacting this genocide on the citizen community, which again seems very peaceful. They're meditating. They're trying to get spiritually aware, you know, with or awakened uh, with, through the awareness of spirituality and truthfulness, and seeing you know things that that we on the on the western side of the world would seem as peaceful. I mean, these guys were not like Waco, Texas, and the, the Branch Vidiots and and all those guys. We're doing nothing but, uh, you know, teaching really corrupt, weird things. I mean, David Koresh was not a, a gentle guy. Let's be honest. Those, uh, you know, people that came out of Waco alive, uh, told a, a really interesting story of who he was, what he was doing, as he was, uh, practicing in pedophilia and all kinds of different things. And, um, you know, I don't want to get too deep into that. That's an entire show in itself. Uh, but it was, tragic to see what was going on in Waco and how that ended up. And now this, I mean, this is a lot worse from the, the accounts of how many people are in Fulan Gong uh, and that community has suffered uh, to the Chinese government. Mind you, the government over there is very secretive of what they're doing and their practices and, and all the stuff that they, they do to their people. So when you see the outside, you know, from the outside, it looks very, you know, one-viewed, one-sided. But when you start looking at uh, the stories that are coming out from, you know, this to the coronavirus to, you know, a host of other things that I've seen coming out of China, we know it's a communist country. But the things they're doing to their own people is beyond criminal. I mean, if the United Nations doesn't get involved, um, I don't know. I mean, what, what are they even around for? What's the purpose of having the United Nations if they don't take a look at 
that and put their foot down. You know, you won't talk about any corruption around the world. That's a, a big uh, case of corruption if you take in a community of innocent people that are meditating and turn become spiritually awakened or aware or whatever they're doing. You know, they're they're literally just sitting around meditating and you know, passing peaceful knowledge to their community. If you take those folks and you start like, you know, carving them up for their organs and committing genocide and atrocities like this, uh, I mean, I understand it's a communist country, but I mean, at to what point does this uh, go unchecked or unseen by the United Nations or any other uh, body out there that can put their foot down and say, listen, you know, what are you doing? I mean, I'm surprised that this is a practice that's been going on for so long, which again brings to question not only, not only China as a government, but, you know, people that might be behind this all over the world. I mean, this is a problem that's uh, probably happening in, in not only China, but in a lot of other countries. I mean, look, the movie Hostel that came out uh, years ago probably depicted something that's really happening where the human trafficking is happening. We know that. And there ended up in places like, you know, in, in places like what happened in Hostel. And now we know that this is happening here in uh, China. And, uh, again, it's something that I didn't know about until I became aware recently. And, I, I mean, I can't wait to have Mitchell on the, on the line here. And uh, we can really uh, hear from his end and then what he's researched. I mean, he's been at this for a long time. And uh, I thank him for really making me aware of everything that's happening in, uh, in China when it comes to this problem. Because this, this is a major issue. And uh, he's on Skype waiting to uh, be here at 11. Can't wait to have him on. Now, there's a couple things, of course, have happened this week from the impeachment finally over. So going into a little bit of Trump news. That's been done with and over with now. And uh, thankfully, we don't have to look forward to that for at least another two weeks until Nancy Pelosi and the scumbags uh, on the Congress decided to impeach him for, like, taking a crap or something. I don't know. Uh, now, recently, more recently than that, we had the firing of Alexander Vindman, the uh, lieutenant colonel and leaker in charge of the entire uh, hoax against the president. And uh, this uh, gentleman, and I use that term very loosely, is... Uh, finally given the boot from the White House, which comes really to no surprise to anybody. Look, if you're going to be on a phone call like that, first of all, you can't leak that kind of a phone call. That's two presidents speaking, one from the United States, which is your boss, and one from Ukraine, which is a duly just recently elected president. And, uh, you know, both of them are kind of new at this. And, uh, you know, you can't take your opinion, right, because uh, your job is to oversee a call, set some talking points, whatever. If the president, who is the one who sets policy, decides to go off script and say, hey, you know what, there was corruption in, in Ukraine in 2016. You know, you, you ran on the platform of anti-corruption. Look into that. You know, look into all these other things that are happening because we don't want that to happen again. And there's an old saying, and, and uh, this goes way back before Trump was elected. You know, you learn from history or you're bound to repeat it. And Trump is trying not to repeat that with the upcoming 2020 election, which is in a few months. So if he brings that up, who cares? It's not a, it, I don't find that as a big deal. Even if he talks about, you know, the 
a whole Joe Biden thing, CrowdStrike. The fact that he's bringing these things up from 2016 and is trying to avoid meddling in the 2020 election, it's telling you that Trump is not the problem here. The problem is that 2016 was not only meddled in maybe by the Russians, the Chinese, Ukraine, who knows who else uh, was involved in meddling in, the, in that campaign or that election. Now you have a guy like Zelensky or whatever, the Ukraine president, who comes in and he runs on anti-corruption. That's a platform that he ran on. So when he's talking to President uh, Trump, of course he's going to mention it. It's only natural. And as the president, again, he has the right to set policy. So when Vindman opens his big mouth and tells his twin brother, tells his dad, tells the whistleblower, Eric, sir, by the way, I don't care, Eric, uh, I'll call him Cinderella, but it's really Sierra Mayella or Sierra whatever his name is, Caramella, Caramello. Sermelo, whatever his name is, the whistleblower. You know, he tells him who concocts the entire thing with uh, Adam Schiff, and uh, the entire uh, thing goes down in uh, in history as the biggest scam that we've probably ever seen in Congress. Uh, I want to say probably in the entire uh, White House. I mean, in the history of the White House, in the history of, of presidents in this country, I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like that. I really don't. Not only did he leak a perfectly fine phone call, when he got to item shift, you know, you know, we all saw, you know, the shift he show did in Congress. He did his own spin on the whole thing and spin it out of control and, Made up, you know, funny talking points and all kinds of things. And, uh, made it sound like it was some mobster talking to, Vin, to, uh, Zelensky and, uh, made it seem like Trump was kinda like some mafia guy. Like, look here, see? And I'm only gonna say this seven times to prove a point. He never says anything seven times when they call him. And it was like, hey, congratulations, uh, uh, yeah, congratulations and, uh, you know, uh, you know that whole thing that happened in 2016? Eh, you might want to look into that. Eh. I mean, if you're going to impeach a guy, at least, you know, have him with some semen on a dress. I'm just saying, uh, it was the worst articles of impeachment. And then you have, of course, nasty Nancy Pelosi on the background uh, during the uh, State of the Union, which was in, uh, an amazing state, uh, State of the Union, by the way. And you have her tearing up the documents. I mean, really? I mean, I know she's bitter. Unless she's angry, unless she doesn't like President Trump. But to tear up those documents, first of all, you know, there's laws, because those are official documents that, you know, that you see that binder they're in. Those are official government documents handed to her by President Trump. Uh, that deals with this is not like her own documents. So, but the fact that the president gave her the documents on the State of the Union, that makes it official state documents. So, yes, she actually broke a statute, I think it's statute number 2007 or something like that, um, which it's covered on uh, my website, by the way, go there, angelospino.com, for the, uh, you know, all the information, all the posts are on there. And uh, I have a whole thing on how she broke a law. And, um, you know, it would be really sad if they don't go after this woman because she's done so many things um, to break laws, help concoct in this entire impeachment hoax against the president, which, by the way, there's no doubting this whole thing is a, a joke, a hoax. 
uh, conspiracy, just run amok. I mean, you want to hear about Russian collusion? Here's your Russian collusion. It wasn't done by Trump, right? He's not the one that colluded with Russians, okay? Colonel Alexander Vindman is Russian. His father's Russian, his mother's Russian, his twin brother's Russian. Ukraine used to be part of Russia, right? He was born in Ukraine. His parents were born in Russia. He's, you know, the, uh, the liaison to the Ukraine because he was born there and I guess he's on a lot of these calls for the Ukraine government and a lot of these foreign phone calls he would be involved in because he was a highly military, uh, you know, appointee. But he was appointed by the Obama administration. Not exactly Donald Trump's best friend, Barack Obama. So when you're telling me that this whole thing started with him, going to his brother, his father, the whistleblower, and Adam Schiff, and then you're telling me that this is uh, grounds for impeachment? I mean, it's bad enough that we have senators who are trying to take Trump's job during the election sitting in on the impeachment process. So basically, the people that are trying to replace him at his job are going to, uh, you know, without a pass judgment. You think any of them voted for him not to be impeached? You think Bernie uh, Sanders didn't vote to impeach him? He's trying to take his job, but he knows he can't do it. You know, I've never, you know, heard of this in my life where the people that are trying to take your job are also going to be sitting in on your impeachment to try to remove you from office months uh, before you're even uh, up for another election. Remember, guys, the election's coming up in a few months, okay? If you want to remove them, vote against them. If you want them to stay, vote for him. It's really that easy. It's that simple. I know where my vote is going. I'm voting for Trump again. And uh, the left has done absolutely nothing in the last uh, four years to really gain my trust. And uh, this is coming from a person who voted Democrat most of his life. I I changed and I went independent. I'm still independent. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I vote for whoever the best candidate is. And there's nobody within the Democratic Party right now that has my vote. It's that simple. It's not, it's not creepy Joe Biden. It's not uh, Yang Gang. It's not uh, Pocahontas. It's not uh, Sodomizing Pete. It's none of these cats. I don't want any of these folks involved. And I definitely don't want Bernie Sanders as president. I mean, are you kidding me? That's straight up socialism, communism at its worst is Bernie Sanders. In fact, he is open about it. And he's been open about it for decades. He doesn't hide the fact that he's a socialist and communist. He doesn't hide that fact. And, you know, the Yang Gang... You know, that's another uh, comedy show in itself. He's Chinese, comes from a Chinese family. China is communist. You see where I'm going with this? He's also a leftist, which means he's definitely a socialist or a communist, right? That's what social liberals kind of are all leaning towards. Now, I find it uh, ironic that AOC came out, of course, and backed Bernie Sanders, but really, I mean, all these uh, people running for, con- you know, for the presidency from the left are all communist, socialists. I mean, this is what, you know, it's, it's coming out of uh, the Democratic Party, and it's scary. I mean, it, to, to see them go this extreme completely removes with the uh, Democratic party was supposedly standing for for many years. This is a party that's not supposed to stand for this kind of lunacy, but yet they are. And it's, again, it's sad. It's uh, something that, that 
you know, should uh, be looked more and more into because a lot of these folks are being put into position now. Uh, they're not just running for office. You have Congress people that are, you know, American, white, and they're putting Muslims that are coming from foreign countries into position of power within their own administrations, their own uh, committees. And, uh, again, a lot of these socialists are coming from the Middle East. These are Democrat socialists. A lot of these people are part of the problem. You know, and I'm not just saying this because I, uh, I don't have signal, you know, xenophobia or I'm afraid of Muslims or I hate women or anything. No, none of that. It's, uh, I'm looking at the demographic of what's going on in Congress and I'm seeing what's happening where the amount of, uh, women that have, uh, turbans on their heads, says, uh, Ilan Omar, um, you know, that, that's multiplying. It's, it's becoming more and more common now. And, you know, they send the woman to get the job because, you know, the woman, it's easier to, to squeeze in there without being bashed or anything because guys don't want to talk about women in a negative way because then they're called sexist, feminist, and men babies. How dare you speak out against a woman? Look what happened with, uh, these, the front squad when they're, you know, impeach 45, right? Impeach President Trump. We're gonna impeach this motherfucker. Remember all that? And then Trump, you know, says something, you know, which is after months and months and months and months of those four women talking bad about him, he says something. One thing. And he has to be completely thrown into the mud for it. For saying something that really we were all thinking about. And uh, he went at them a little bit. He hasn't went down at them all that hard. I mean, he's been restrained considering how evil they've been and how badly they've mistreated him. I'm surprised he's been as gentle to those four lunatics. And, uh, you know, it shows the, the temperament of the president to be one of caution when it comes to talking back to some of these folks. Now, Nancy Pelosi does not deserve it at all. She's a, a horrible human being. So, you know, him going after her, have no issues with that. She makes Rosie O'Donnell seem tame, and I didn't think that was at all possible. I thought that was an impossibility, to be honest. Guys, we're going to go on a quick commercial break. We're going to be back in a, in a couple minutes. When we come back, we're going to do another 20 minutes. Got a couple of things that we'll get over. Uh, some uh, more news. Then we're going to have our guest, Mitchell, on the, um, during the 11 o'clock hour. Stick around. We got much more of Inside the Jackal's Head coming up. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head. And uh, we are live right here on psn-radio.com. We have a few minutes, about 22 uh, before the hour is over. And we get to our guest, Mitchell, uh, which uh, is standing by, of course. Uh, it's going to be uh, just an amazing um, hour with him. And I, I do believe, I think a lot of folks are going to really uh, come out of this uh, enlightened uh, once they, they hear uh, what's going on with the Fulon Gong and the uh, genocide that's going on in uh, in China. And uh, not just, uh, again, with the Fulon Gong, we're going to talk about the coronavirus and other things that are, that are happening out there uh, because there's a, a lot of stuff happening in China, which I think a lot of the West uh, is not really becoming aware of. And uh, Mitchell Nicholas uh, Gerber is a gentleman who's going to uh, enlighten a lot of us to what's going on over there. In fact, 
Um, we're gonna have them uh, again in 20 minutes, and I'm gonna open the uh, the floor for him to just uh, you know tell us everything that he can uh, based on uh, his research uncensored. So whatever he says. It's on to get clipped or touched in any way, shape, or form uh, when uh, production ends and the podcast goes up. So, I mean, what is uh, going to be said is, uh, you know, uh, 100% of his research, and I hope you guys are listening. Uh, again, uh want to get to a couple of things that deal with the show directly. Uh, starting next week, we're going to have a new segment here at the uh, last uh, the 15, 20 minutes of the uh, the first hour. It's going to be called Kaiser's Corner, and uh, we're going to have a good friend. Uh, Kaiser is going to join us uh, from then on every week, and uh, he's going to have his little uh, corner segment inside the Jack Holt's head. Again, it's going to be for 10, maybe 20 minutes, depending on the uh, topics he wants to talk about. Uh, usually with Kaiser, we can go on for hours. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I decided to give him his own uh, little segment here on the show. Uh, because he's uh, another guy who's full of great information. And, uh, I, you know, I can't wait for the next week so you can kick off the segment. And uh, to hear him and Brother uh, Detox, a.k.a. Brandon, go back and forth was a lot of fun uh, last time they were both on. So I think yeah, we're going to get a kick out of that. You know, I, I wanted to have uh, a few uh, minutes to kind of say that, that it's always fun to have a sidekick or somebody to... to go uh, with the flow and uh, kind of like lean on but uh, you know, doing this uh, show um, now I've been doing this for a long time for a decade at least and I've had co-hosts that's done it on my own I've had sidekicks not psychics but sidekicks like Brendan and um, it's always uh, something that I'd rather have a sidekick but sometimes like tonight I really am glad that I'm kind of like going at it alone because it's just going to be me and Mitchell. And we're going to get to hear, you know, his point of view on what's going on with uh, with China and uh, not being interrupted too much. I want to try, like I said, to keep my interruptions at a minimum so we can get as much information on within the hour. And uh, if you guys want to further uh, continue researching uh, what he's uh, going to bring uh, forward uh, t- to us tonight. By all means, you know, follow his uh, his uh, stuff online. Uh, he's on YouTube, Facebook, all over the place. So, you know, make sure you pay attention to uh, what he tells you uh, to go to uh, to make sure you get the, the most updated information because this is something that I want not only my listeners to pay attention to, but I want them to keep up to date with. Uh, you know, especially given the climate of the coronavirus, and I want you guys to uh, spread this as much as possible to other folks who might not be aware of what's going on with this. Again, what seems to be a very innocent community of people. Now, there could be something sinister behind uh, innocence. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm not a practitioner of the full-on gong. I started meditating or joined the uh, the cult, as China's calling them. Uh, but again, we know we know about cults here in the, in the United States, and uh, there, there's been a, a few of them, to say the least. Uh, but with that said, I, I also wanted to get to a couple other things that I posted on my website on angelespino.com. If you go there right now, you can follow along. Uh, very important. Uh, tonight, also the Oscars are playing. That's not important. 
so I'm not going to get into anything that's to do with the Oscars. I don't care who wins. I know Joker's probably going to win Best Picture, Best Actor, and all kind of stuff. But I, I really don't care. Uh, there's more important things right now than Holly Weird and all that nonsense. Uh, for example, Rudy Giuliani uh, has his own podcast. I don't know if you guys have, have uh, checked that out. It's called Common Sense. And uh, he laid out the entire Biden corruption with Ukraine. And the video's posted on my website. If you want to go take a look at it, it's must-watch video. It's a YouTube podcast that he's just uh, putting out there. He's basically laying out the entire case of what happened in Ukraine with the Bidens. And how it's not just something that's happening in Ukraine. China is involved with the Bidens. Of course, you know, Joe China, as he's been called before, there's a history there. And uh, it seems like China is a big player in feeding money to the Bidens, which uh, is interesting. And the way uh, Rudy lays it all out, uh, it really, really, really uh, is something to take a look at. Must-watch video. Uh, so please go to the website and check that out when you're there. Um, there's also a couple of things which, you know, we, we missed over the last uh, week or so because it just happened recently. What You know, one person in Hollywood that I do want to kind of give a special send-off to uh, because he's, he passed away in, at 103. He lived a long time. I probably won't even get to, to see half of that, but uh, movie star and screen legend Kirk Douglas did pass away this past week uh, on the 6th of February, I think, and um, I mean, uh, he, he was born in 1916, uh, so he was about 103 years old, uh, one of those guys who you never really thought he would die, because he just got, he kept getting older and older and older, and he, you know, it, it was just one of those things where you're like, well, yeah, 100, 101, 102, 103. And you know, I thought it would be a lot to 110, 20. You know, the guy was just an immortal. Of course, his uh, son, Michael Douglas, is a big movie star in his own right. And uh, they're all mourning the loss of their father, uh, Kirk Douglas, who is uh, a screen legend. And uh, our condolences to the Douglas family for the loss. And, uh, you know, his movies are great. If you haven't seen uh, Spartacus or any of his films, uh, it's a good time to go back and check out some of the old movies that he made. He was a fantastic actor, well before my generation, uh, but uh, a fantastic actor, and he will be missed. That's the only piece of uh, Hollywood news that I want to pass along today, because... I'm really kind of fed up with Hollywood. I mean, other than, you know, the past where, you know, I, I love, you know, going to the movies still. And I love watching films and all that stuff, but I don't like the atmosphere of the actors. You know, it's too toxic. You have all these uh, crazy Democrats now over there. You have Madonna drinking her urine. You have Alyssa Milano showing us why she was never the boss. You have uh, all these crazies that are constantly attacking the president. You even have Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, get into the act attacking Trump's grandson in a tweet. I mean, it's, it's just, it's lunacy uh, to see what's coming out of Hollywood. So, uh, again, I'm not really too keen on talking about that. Uh, 
you know, it's just, uh, like, I really don't, uh, I really don't care anymore about Hollywood. And it's sad because, uh, we did a whole podcast talking about Star Wars on the roundtable this past week also. And, uh, we're talking about Star Wars. And I'm gonna be honest with you, you know, I saw Rise of Skywalker. It was, it was good. I liked it. Um, but I wasn't excited for it, you know, and, um, and for me to say that I wasn't excited for a Star Wars movie tells you that even I'm getting kind of like fed up with a Star Wars, not so much, but with Hollywood and the whole climate, or climate that's being, you know, toxified by the negativity that's coming out of, uh, out of Hollywood, ironically in California. Just saying, a lot of negativity in California, and it seems to be circling around Hollywood, Hollywood, you know, Weinstein, and all of these the stuff that's going on over there. And, uh, you know, I saw a funny, uh, I see funny memes all the time. People send me funny memes constantly. There's one that I've passed along, and I saw other people pass it you know, to, to friends of mine, and it kind of got back to me somehow, like... I haven't seen it before, you know, and it's the uh, one where uh, Harvey Weinstein is with Oprah and, uh, and some white girl, and uh, they're like uh, introducing her to Harvey Weinstein, and uh, you have this feeling like, oh my God, she has no idea what she's getting herself into, and here she thought Oprah was about to give her a car or something, right? No, uh, she's presenting you to, uh, the guys who want to make you a movie star. Now, if you want to talk about people in cultists, you know, what Harvey Weinstein was doing, it was not cultists, but that was, uh, pretty sick in Hollywood, which I do think is a cult in itself, covered for him for years. Oprah covered for him for years. She know, she knew what was happening. She's no dummy. You know, all these folks over there in Hollywood knew what was going on. None of them are stupid. You know, they they play stupid. They might go full retard in the movie, but they all knew what's happening. I mean, the uh, the joke for Weinstein was for years that he was uh, a sex addict. You know, that was always uh, his his thing. In fact, I do believe that he and uh, Epstein, Weinstein and Epstein, sitting on a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, I don't know. Uh, they, uh, they seem to have been buddies, you know, and, uh, we, and I, and I see that kidding around, but remember there's that famous painting of Bill Clinton in a dress, which I, I think was, uh, symbolic to the dress Monica wore. I think she, that's the same dress, you know, but it was a painting, not a picture, and it had Bill Clinton in the dress. I mean, it's bad enough he went on the dress, and she kept it in a freezer, which is weird into itself, but uh, the fact that uh, he was painted in that dress, in the big-ass painting sitting in Pedophile Island with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, all that stuff is a little weird, just saying, a little strange. I don't know about you guys. Uh, but, uh, well, segue from that, that's a never-ending story in itself, but, uh, sad news, of course, uh, Rush Limbaugh has diagnosed that he has, uh, cancer, we, uh, briefly, I think, touched upon that, uh, the State of the Union, though, uh, you know, the President did something 
phenomenal and uh, very well deserving uh, by the way he presented uh, Rush with a, an award uh, for um, you know his years and years of dedication a bravery uh, award a medal of honor uh, you know one of the, the highest the president can bestow uh, anybody, and of course, you know, Nancy Pelosi's ripping on papers. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, sad, uh, again, on, uh, the cancer, uh, diagnosis, uh, by Rush Limbaugh. And, you know, as somebody who's looked up, uh, to, you know, talk radio for years, Rush has always been there. Like, even when I was, as a kid in the, in the 90s, I, rem- I remember watching this TV show and hearing him on the radio, and he's been consistent from then to now. On what he says about, you know, the left and, and about the Clintons. And, you know, he's been right. Consistently. Especially about the Clintons. I mean, for decades, uh, you know, when Bill ran for office and during the Obama years when Hillary was part of the, uh, the administration, he was very open and vocal about, you know, the corruption and the evil of these folks. Uh, were, you know, behind the scenes, and uh, he was accurate. I mean, we're seeing it unfold now, and he deserves that medal, and, uh, you know, we re- you know, I really pray that he could overcome this. I, of course, in 2016 lost my mom to lung cancer, and I know the, the, the process is not fun. Uh, it, you know, it's not a, a fun way to go. Not that dying could ever be fun. Uh, but it really is an ugly way for, you know, family members to see you go through that and to experience what, you know, he's going to experience if they don't catch it in time is really, really bad and sad. And I feel really bad, uh, for him. And, uh, hopefully they caught it in time. Hopefully that he could have surgery. Look, even if he has to lose a lung to save your life, do it. Do whatever you have to do. Rush, you know, make sure you get back into, uh, you know, good health. You know, forget radio, forget TV, forget politics. Take care of yourself right now. And, uh, uh, you know, my prayers are to him. And, uh, you know, anybody listening to this podcast, I'm agnostic. I don't believe in religion. And I'm praying for us. And I hope that everybody out there can pray. Because I do believe in the power of awareness, the power of, you know, the secret, basically, the laws of attraction. I do believe in that. And I do believe that if we all get together and kind of meditate or, or we pray for this man's health to get better, I think we can make that happen. And, uh, I, you know, again, if you listen to this podcast, take the time, whenever you say your prayers to whoever your God is, and add Russia in there because he's been a pioneer, <clears throat> not, on, not just on radio, uh, but in politics in general. And, again, for the last uh, several decades, that man has been right. And with that said, guys, we're going to be back in a few minutes with our main guest in the second hour. And uh, it's none other than uh, Mitchell Nicholas Gerber, who's going to uh, talk to us. And uh, he's waiting on Skype. So we're going to go on a quick commercial break again. We're going to be back with him on the line. And uh, one more thing about uh, Rush Limbaugh. Get well, my friend. I, I, you know, I look forward to one day being able to interview that man because uh, he's a hero to a, to a lot of us uh, doing talk radio. So, um, guys, we'll be back in a few minutes. Stick around. It's going to be a, a tremendous 
second hour. All right, everybody, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head right here live again on PSN-Radio.com. That's Intellectual Love by the one and only Space Boy. We love Space Boy here on the show. And uh, if you guys are listening in, we're now talking about space tonight. We're going to, this entire uh, hour is going to be dedicated to right here, planet Earth, and uh, some of the, the really the, the, the worst things that are happening on uh, another part of the planet, which have come to my attention, like I said, in the first hour, stuff that I wasn't uh, fully aware of or aware of at all. And uh, it's crazy the times we're living in. The guest right now who's going to be joining me uh, in a couple of seconds here is somebody who is uh, going to become probably a long-life friend because uh, he's doing something that is amazing. And, uh, you know, I like to always say that when I find somebody who's doing work that is beneficial to not just one group of people but to the world, to enlighten the world, those are the folks you want to, you know, help and support. Now, Mitchell, like I said, uh, Mitchell Nicholas Gerber, and I'm going to address him by full name out of full respect, uh, Nicholas, uh, Mitchell Nicholas Gerber has been working on for a long time on researching the Fulon Gong and the atrocities that's been going on in China. So much so that the information that I was even looking at are years old and they're still relevant to what's going on today, even with the coronavirus. And I want to welcome him to the show for the next hour. Mitchell, uh, I don't want to waste any time. I want, you know, I really, you know, I kind of briefed over your, your, uh, bio earlier on in the first hour, but I want really to open the, the, the window for you to like go here and, you know, say, not only how long, how long you've been working on this research, uh, but how many uh, people are suspected to have uh, been missing for the, uh, as long as this has been going on? Because this is not something that's recent, this genocide with these people and this what seems to be a peaceful community. Now, I, I, like, I said, like I addressed in the first hour, we have our, our fair share of, you know, history with cults here in America in the western part of the world. But when I researched the full-on gong, I mean, this is not a, what seems to me like a dangerous group of people. If anything, these are the, the type of folks that you can go have some tea with and maybe uh, meditate with and nothing bad's going to happen. They seem like a very peaceful group of people. You know, Welcome to the show and, and it really enlighten us more on what's happening in China with these folks over decades now. Well, I just uh, am very grateful, Angel, for being on your show. It's a blessing and it's a godsend. And it's an absolute pleasure and honor. I have uh, been uh, following uh, this case for the last 20 years of my life. You know, when you, t- when you are touched by something very powerful, very sincere and very truthful, you have no uh, uh, option but to investigate deeply into the source, into the matter, into the heart of something Correct. that touches you very deeply. You know, yep. and when I was studying international business at the University of Georgia many, many, many years ago, I was 21, now I'm 40. I was into all kinds of martial arts and yoga and tai chi, and uh, I was a gung-ho uh, fitness warrior and uh, loved the, 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 the sports. And However, I, I was very anxious and I was depressed and I was my body wasn't in good shape. And I was looking for something that was quite simple to do, very profound in, in health, but Nothing dogmatic, nothing cultish, nothing extreme, nothing religious. You know, I, I came from a Judeo-Christian background, but I wanted something that was just very 
very easy and very simple and very organic, if you could say, like uh, uh, comfortable, right? And um, as a big alpha warrior, I'm like, man, I don't want any of this wooey-wooey spiritual nonsense. I just want something that can, you know, make me feel good, you know what I mean? But, st- you know, stick stick to my uh, my martial arts, uh, uh, you know, uh, masculine energy. And Anyway, cut a long story short. By the way, we share that, uh, that attribute because I took martial arts for years. In fact, the illusion I stopped uh, practicing martial arts uh, was because I had an eye issue and uh, it kind of freaked out. I almost lost an eye in one of the, the matches. Uh, but for a long time, I was deeply into martial arts. It started in the 80s, 90s, until I had to leave. Uh, but that's something we both share. And I, this is something that connected me to this whole thing because I love the martial arts. I love that traditional, you know, way of life uh, that these folks practice, you know, hundreds of years ago until, you know, modern times so when i heard that you know you were kind of like really into that as well i was like wow me and mitchell have a lot in common you know and it's it's incredible that we have that connection indeed indeed it takes one to know one uh yeah and uh, birds of a feather stick together so um yes i uh on may 4th 2001 i was uh at the university of georgia and there was a cultured fair with all different kinds of practices and uh, native american modalities and you know martial arts and mm-hmm. lo and behold uh, a good friend of mine points out this booth to me and i turn around and i see these young chinese uh, uh, uh children and uh, uh uh, teenagers and uh, young adults and then older people practicing along with this beautiful ancient Chinese music and this teacher, all in Chinese, practicing these exercises. So it intrigued me and it caught my attention. And I went up and I was like, wow, I feel this energy. It's pretty no- pretty cool. Uh, what is all this about? So one of the gentlemen couldn't speak a word of English uh, named Sam comes up to me and gives me a flyer. And I look at the flyer and I'm like, Falun Gong also known as Falun Dafa. And I was like, what is this? And uh, I uh, was taken into the park um, just across the road into the campus, and they taught it to teach me the exercises. And the first exercise unblocks all those energy channels that are congested by all the stress and all the anxiousness. And um, I couldn't believe it. I was like, my goodness, man, wow, holy cow. After practicing the first exercise, which is stretching the whole body immediately and then relaxing, you are, your body feels so unblocked and so um, relieved by all the stress and very warm and refreshed, opened up. And I, I was like, man, i got to get some more of this. Um, and the second exercise is more of an endurance exercise. The third one, you uh, um, collect the energy from the, from, from the universe and then purify the body. The fourth one, you uh, trace the body, very similar to like a Reiki type of exercise. And the fifth right. exercise of, of this Falun Gong uh, exercise is a, uh, is a meditation practice, a sitting, a sitting meditation to attain a clear and clear mind. And um, I just was hooked from the get-go. And the simple philosophy uh, is uh, truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. And I thought, well, is there any catches? Is there any... Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, dogmatic principles that I had to abide by. Is there any money involved? Nothing. Just you come as you come, you go as you go, you practice these exercises, and you can live a better life of more being more truthful, compassionate, and tolerant, whether you were the, in, a, in a loving relationship, whether you're doing million-dollar business deals, 
whether you're studying at school, you can be uh, anyone you want. You can be Muslim, uh, 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 Christian, Jewish, atheist, man, woman, doesn't matter. It right. uh, has nothing to do with that. You can practice Falun Gong in the comfort of your home, in your corporate office, wherever you are, and you can maintain incredible benefits and health benefits. And um, Which is completely opposite to what a cult is, by the way, not to cut you off, but a, a cult is... You know, a religious institution where they want you to believe in this, you know, one entity, whatever that entity is, whether it's God, Jesus, the bread devil, whatever, whatever their idea of the deity is, they want you to indoctrinate you to that. This is completely opposite from that. Uh, by all you know means, when I look at, you know, just the definition of what they practice, None of it is cult-like behavior. Correct. Unlike monastic paths of cultivation or uh, religious practices, Falun Gong uh, is practiced in society with students marrying, raising children, pursuing a wide variety of careers. You can be a multi-million dollar CEO. You can be a fashion designer. You can be uh, an entertainer. As such, you know, while Falun Gong aspires to inner transformation of the self, it nevertheless right. typically trans- translates outward uh, into a positive change of the world. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's practiced in all different countries in the world, about 120 different countries. It's received awards and proclamations, even conferred by the, Ch- the Chinese government before it was completely outlawed by the Chinese regime. And now these people are being killed for their organs in death camps and state-mandated hospitals. Um, and... Um, the thing is, is that the practice's founder, Mr. Lee Hong Si, he's a five-time Nobel Peace Prize nominee and nominated right. by the European Parliament for the Freedom of Thought Award and Freedom House's International Religious Freedom Award. But only the, 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 the Chinese government and the communist regime, basically, who controls the government and slandered Falun Gong and demonized it as a cult, just like the Nazis did with the Jews, in order to create a final solution campaign based on the medical research they were doing to, from, from, from the, uh, the, the results of uh, practicing the Falun Gong exercises and living more of a truthful and compassionate lifestyle. The research showed the tremendous benefits from uh, the, the, the exercises and the organs becoming incredibly healthy. So the, 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 uh, um, the Chinese communist regime demonized Falun Gong as some kind of sinister cult in order to turn public opinion and therefore get the go-ahead to send hundreds and thousands of Falun Gong to re- re-education camps, basically, uh, uh, but not re-education camps. They were actual state-mandated ha- state hospitals to cut their organs out of their bodies while alive and then sell the organs as the healthiest organs in the world illegally without consent. And I would love to see if you can play the first clip, uh, Angel, so people can get a little bit of a, a vivid depiction of what's actually going on. Definitely. Let's go ahead and roll that. And uh, here we go. a traditional practice of self-cultivation, a practice of slow-moving exercises, meditation, and studying of the principles of truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance, and trying to adopt those into your life. While morning exercises had always been popular in China, Falun Gong brought more than just health benefits. For thousands of years, the Chinese people have believed in Buddhas and Taoists and becoming an immortal. Falun Gong really dared to talk about these things. And immediately, people took it to heart. Oh, the true ancient good things of China have come back. However, after 50 years of political campaigns to destroy traditional beliefs, any revival of spirituality was seen as a threat to communist rule. 
Since I was 11, I experienced all of the Chinese Communist Party's campaigns. Group after group of good people were targeted. There was no faith, no truth. Falun Gong stood in stark contrast with communist ideology. So it would be very hard for it to be tolerated by the CCP. With more practitioners than members in the Communist Party, the party chief, Jiang Zemin, saw it as a threat to his power and overruled the government support of Falun Gong. Xiang Zemin issued the order set up special office called 610 office in charge of nationwide campaign of persecution. Known as China's Gestapo, the 610 agency was above the law and could use any and all means necessary to achieve its sole mission to eliminate Falun Gong. The nationwide campaign began July 1999. People were disappearing. I couldn't find my friends. You know, one day there were 30 of us in the park and the next day they're gone and in the middle of the park, tacked on the tree, was a government declaration that this has been outlawed. First time I heard about the persecution, I didn't believe it at the first and when I heard uh, my, my mom was in the labor camp, I was very worried. And later on, my sister was put in the labor camp. My uh, younger brother was put into jail. Basically, my family just tore apart. When this family tore apart, I feel inside tore apart. Outside the labor camps, propaganda campaigns against Falun Gong were running 24-7 on all media. Like you turn on the TV, and literally the only way to describe it is propaganda marathons. You'd have mass book burnings organized by the party, steamrollers going over Falun Gong cassette tapes and CDs. Essentially, it's a process of demonizing and dehumanizing, you know, incessant propaganda. In January 2001, Chinese Central Television broadcast this news that people were setting themselves on fire in Tiananmen Square and they claimed that these were Falun Gong practitioners. This propaganda story used a mother and her 12-year-old daughter. It was a major turning point in the CCP's campaign. They turned Tiananmen Square into a movie set and they used movie techniques to try to create something, but it was staged. Because state-run media broadcast it constantly for a year, people around China, their views on Falun Gong started to change. Initially, the Communist Party was very public about uh, its campaign against Falun Gong. But what happened after about, starting from 2002, is that you started to see really almost more of a media blackout. Falun Gong simply became a taboo topic. With millions of practitioners in detention, one of the worst crimes in history began taking place in hospitals throughout the country as organ transplants suddenly began to skyrocket. We've been asked to investigate allegations that uh, there has been harvesting of organs of Falun Gong in China. Our bottom line conclusion after considering everything as best we could was that the allegations are true. I began conducting comprehensive interviews with medical professionals, Chinese law enforcement personnel, and over 50 refugees from the Laogai system. But I estimate that 65,000 Falun Gong were murdered for their organs from 2000 to 2008. Essentially what organ harvesting means is they're taking Falun Gong practitioners literally like cattle, holding in prison camps, testing their blood and other vital organs, and when someone comes into the country that needs a heart, a liver, a kidney, they find a match, they take the Falun Gong practitioner, extract their organs, of course killing them in the process. 
Wow, and they're doing this, folks, to living people. I mean, uh, you know, they're just taking them off the streets, taking them into uh, these camps, and uh, doing these terrible Nazi-like experiments, and they just taking the organs. Uh, I mean, think about this. Now, uh, Mitchell, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they're selling the organs, not just the Chinese. I mean, these organs are going on worldwide uh, trafficking scheme, I assume. I mean, this is not something just for the Chinese people. So if you're an American who needs a liver, and it's coming out of China, and you're going to Absolutely. China to get it, this is probably where you're getting the liver from. Absolutely. Absolutely. The uh, When the persecution of Falun Gong started... The, uh, the the labor camp system, the prison system, the detention systems, the re-education camps skyrocketed. I mean, they were building hospitals left, right, and center, adding uh, uh, massive amounts of wards, hospital wards, to 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 um, cater to this multi-billion-dollar profiteering organ harvesting business. Now, David Kilgore and David Mattis, the, the, the second clip I'd like to share with you, just to follow on the first clip, is David Mattis and David Kilgore, ladies and gentlemen, where uh, these two gentlemen are from Canada. Uh, David Kilgore, as you'll hear, is the former Secretary of State of the Asian Affairs Canadian Par- of the Canadian Parliament, and David Mattis, an international human rights lawyer. They confirmed the allegations of forced organ harvesting in 2006 with 18 pieces of evidence. What you're about to hear is David Kilgore in 2013 confirming there were 52 pieces of evidence on the BBC where wow. Falun Gong practitioners were just sent by state man that, into state man that hospitals and their organs cut open while alive and the organs extracted and then the, all the, the bodies burned in the ovens of the crematories. We've had Chinese uh, surgeons come out. We've had a Chinese surgeon, as you'll hear from David Kilgore, that did, a, that did open, open surgery on, uh, on uh, removed the corneas of over 2,000 Falun Gong practitioners. We've also had uh, prison guards that watched the Chinese military send hundreds and thousands of Falun Gong in, in sealed cattle cars to state-mandated hospitals all over the, the, the country of China. So, yes, this is serious. And if you could be so kind, uh, I think your, your audience will find, find the evidence very compelling with the, mm. the second clip. This was yeah, in so 2006 and 2013. Let's go ahead and roll uh, that clip. Upsetting issue. Uh, allegations that uh, have uh, repeatedly been aired that China uh, plays a part in harvesting organs, uh, mainly of executed prisoners. Um, the numbers run to thousands every year. Uh, the uh, organs then get sold on for transplants. Um, it's always been vehemently denied by the Chinese government. But here in Britain, representatives of a campaign called Forced Organ Harvesting have been looking at the issue, and they've gone as far as presenting their latest findings to the British Parliament. Two representatives join us here in the studio. Welcome to David Kilgore, former member of the Canadian Parliament, and Ethan Goodman, uh, author of several books on China, who've both been involved in the investigations, are here to tell us a little bit more. Uh, David uh, Kilgore, if I could start with you. Um, what are the latest findings of your investigation? What are you closing in on? Uh, that about, well, about 65,000 Falun Gong practitioners have been killed and their organs trafficked. Uh, there are other people, too, uh, convicted prisoners uh, are, are killed, of course, but uh, the thing that we're focusing on is the Falun Gong community. My, my colleague, Ethan Gutman, has, has done a lot of work on the Uyghur community. He'll probably want to say something about that. But, yeah, there, there's no doubt. We have 
52 kinds of evidence that this is uh, this is happening. To give you the easiest example, uh, uh, the wife of a surgeon told us that her husband had removed the corneas from 2,000 Falun Gong practitioners in a two-year period. So, I mean, there's absolutely no doubt in anybody's mind. We've written, we've got two books on it, we've got all kinds of... And these, here. just to clarify, these come after judicial executions? No, there's no judicial involvement in virtually all of the Falun Gong. That's the thing that nobody understands. Okay, right. So we better clarify this because we often cover the fact that China, of course, has one of the highest rates of execution, yeah. judicial execution. It's their choice. That's what yeah. they do. Uh, and they're always there in the top three, along with yeah. Saudi Arabia and yeah. Iran. But yeah. this is something different. Exactly. It's because a police signature is all you need to get sent to a forced labor camp. And then basically what happens is somebody from, um, it could be London, it could be Canada, goes over there for a liver and uh, they, uh, there's a computer bank, and it says there's a match for, for you out in camp number 50, and somebody's dragged out of the camp number 50 into an operating room, their liver's taken out of them, it's flown to Shanghai, where you're probably waiting for your liver, and you come back to London with a new liver, and somebody has been killed like a, a lobster in a grotesque restaurant. Hang on a minute, so you're not even saying, because, I mean, it's one issue, the judicial executions and the use of the cadaver, mm -hmm. uh, which I suppose in a certain legal sense is the property of the state, once the state has mm -hmm. killed the individual. But you're saying these are people being killed to order? <laughs> Precisely. And it's, it's, it's so, as you say, your horror shows how, how, how distressing it is. But yet it never gets mentioned uh, that these are people who've been maybe giving out pamphlets asking them to stop killing Falun Gong, and they're, they're guilty of nothing. The allegation and, and our findings are shocking, I mean, uh, to us. Uh, it, it, this is a, a form of uh, evil we have yet to see in this planet. Uh, this is a new form of evil. Uh, I'm uh, David Maidis, and with me is uh, David Kilgore. We've been asked to investigate allegations that uh, there has been harvesting of organs of Falun Gong in China. Uh, that the uh, the willing uh, that the donors the Falun Gong donors are unwilling, then uh, they have been uh, executed uh, in the process, uh, either for the purpose of the transplants or after the transplants, and that their bodies are cremated. That, that was the allegation we were asked to investigate. Uh, David Kilgore is a former member of Parliament and former Cabinet Minister for Asia Pacific, and I'm a, a Winnipeg lawyer uh, doing immigration, refugee, and international human rights law in Winnipeg. We were asked to uh, investigate this uh, allegation by the coalition uh, against the, well, it's a coalition investigating allegations of persecution, coalition to investigate the persecution of Falun Gong in China, which is based in uh, Washington, D.C. We were asked to do this a couple months ago, uh, and we have uh, now uh, done uh, our investigation, and we're producing this report. We were not paid. We were doing this as volunteers, uh, and uh, we're not associated officially uh, with anyone. We're just acting independently from everyone and doing this investigation. We pursued every investigative trail we could find. In the report, you will see that there are 18 different avenues of proof and disproof we, we considered and evaluated. Our bottom line conclusion after considering everything as best we could was that the allegations are true. We believe them to be true, that this uh, harvesting is indeed happening. Uh, that conclusion comes not from any one of these different 18 categories of evidence uh, that we looked at, but by assessing everything all together. All together, uh, they paint a whole picture. All the evidence we looked at uh, either corroborated the uh, allegations or, in some cases, uh, where we were looking at possible disproof, did not disprove the allegations. 
we do know for a fact uh, that that the Falun Gong are, are depersonalized, dehumanized, uh, and marginalized, uh, repressed, persecuted, uh, both in word and indeed in, in the most vile ways uh, possible. For this sort of allegation uh, to be true uh, in Canada would involve a very large step from where we are, but in China, it's not that big a step from where China now, here's a question for you, uh, Mitchell. Uh, how are the Chinese uh, government, how, how do they uh, know exactly who is uh, practicing full-on gong? Because, uh, you know, as we said earlier, uh, anybody could be a practicer of this uh, this spiritual movement. Uh, it's not like a religious cult where they all like get together in this little city or this little town that they you know created for this little group of people in in our cult movement. Like anybody in the world can practice this. This is more like just a practice in a way of life. And uh, again, it's something that it doesn't seem in any way like a cult. So how are they finding these people and and acknowledging that, yeah, these people are, are practitioners of full-on gong. I mean, how, how do they know? Well, that's a great question. Well, when the uh, when Falun Gong became the life force of China, you had between 70 and 100 million people databased by the Chinese regime in order to figure out exactly who were Falun Gong or who, who, who weren't. That's why you have a million Uyghur Muslims. I'm sure your audience have seen the reports coming out on the mainstream media about the Uyghur mm-hmm. Muslims, how up to about 2 million are detained in concentration camps. Because in China, it's a surveillance state. So you are owned, operated, and controlled. So everything, everyone is documented. There's no private rights. There's no private property. There's no privacy. Not like unlike in America or in the normal West where you still have rights, whatever's left of them, Right. Um, but right. I, I assure you, we, I'm living in communist Vietnam, uh, and, and, and as in China, even worse in China, there's a social credit score, there's facial recognition, they know everything about you. So when Falun Gong became the life force of China, 100 million people were practicing, that's one out of every 12 national ch- Chinese citizens. And wow. when the persecution first began, you had hundreds and thousands, uh, if not millions, protesting uh, the government to say, look, why are you persecuting us? Why are you uh, banning us? Why are you freezing our bank accounts? So they will just hold off. Hundreds and thousands will hold off to labor camps, uh, up to a million Falun Gong practitioners in labor camps. And so they, and, and then what was even worse, they were forcefully blood tested. I was on a uh, podcast this morning um, with, with uh, Dr. Charles Lee. Which I hope you can get, who I hope you can get here on your podcast one of these days, Angel. He was put in a labor camp for three years uh, after protesting the, the Chinese regime. He came back to China to visit his uh, his mother, and, and and immediately after he got off the plane, they knew immediately who he was, and they he, wow. he, they put him into custody. This, China is a surveillance state, just like communist Vietnam. You right. do, that you are owned, controlled, and databased by the by the state. So basically, you are owned by you are property of the state. So that's how they knew how many Falun Gong practitioners were there. And if I may say, is uh, to understand how organ harvesting could happen in China, it is crucial to understand that there is no limit to how far the Chinese Communist Party will go to wipe out something or someone. So yep. when the persecution started in July 1999, Angel, 
the Chinese regime called Falun Gong the biggest threat to national security since Tiananmen Square 10 years ago. And the leader of the Chinese Communist Party at that time, Jiang Zemin, uh, when the persecution began, he consolidated his power and out of hatefulness and jealousy launched the entire military, the secret police, the hospitals, and one quarter of China's gross domestic profit, at least, to eradicate Falun Gong within three months. He couldn't do it. And... Um, he, uh, this has been, this has been uh, uh, persevering for the last 20 years, this persecution. And when you have an entire propaganda machine, the largest propaganda machine in history, the largest Chinese military, the second largest economy in the world, the largest uh, population in China uh, scapegoating this innocent spiritual practice, um, you have a monstrosity of a, of, a, of a red dragon against you. And I take my hat off to this, to, to, to the human rights lawyers, I take my hat off to the Falun Gong practitioners, I take my hat off to you and your audience for listening to taking time out of your busy schedule and, and running the risk. Because I can assure you, every time I've gone on these type of podcasts, you are cyber security hacked. I mean, you are attacked by the Chinese surveillance system because they do not want the, 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 uh, the, the, the truth out. Just like the coronavirus, virus. they do not want the truth out, what's going on in China to this day. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm grateful that I can come out uh, to, to, to share with you and talk to you about this truth. Yeah, no, in fact, uh, I, you know, bless you for being on here, and uh, thank you for, you know, bringing this to uh, my my attention further, because, like I said, I, you know, I always suspected that China would do something really weird when it comes to, like, you know, a breakout or something like that, that was maybe uh, not legit, like, a, you know, like a real disease that just spreads out, you know, out of nowhere, and the coronavirus, to me, it's something that from the moment that I saw it on the news, I was like, that feels staged somehow. Like, it feels like it's there to cover something else. And then when I saw, you know, what you were working on, I saw this full-on gong and this entire, you know, genocide going on with these people. I'm like, this is the exact reason why we're having the coronavirus. It all leads up to this. And fudging the numbers of the victims of the, that China has has taken over the years. And they can easily do that with something like the coronavirus because who knows how many victims this is going to claim. And, uh, I mean, it, it's an, an amazing escape for them if you think about it. Absolutely. If you don't mind playing clip three, uh, Edward Begott, I said it's great. He's the he's three-time uh, vice president of the European Parliament. And I think what he mm-hmm. says is quite compelling to your audience as well. I uh, wrote a report on EU-China relations uh, in 1996-7 for the Foreign Affairs Committee and returned to Beijing in 2006, where I met uh, ex-prisoners of conscience, Falun Gong practitioners, as well as uh, made contact with a number of other dissidents and reformers. All the Chinese with whom I had contact were then imprisoned, and in some cases, like Gao Zhisheng, tortured. Gao Zhisheng is a Christian human rights lawyer, very, very well known in China, who investigated the persecution of Falun Gong and wrote reports about it. And one of the people I met, Cao Dong, who had been in prison, told me the story about how his best friend had disappeared one evening from the cell in their prison. And the next time he saw him, it was his body in the prison hospital with holes where body parts had been extracted. The belief that I have, and I share with David Kilgore, that organ harvesting is widespread in China, and it is restricted almost exclusively to Falun Gong practitioners. The only prisoners in China who are routinely 
blood tested and blood pressure tested are Falun Gong practitioners. The organ transplant industry is in the hands of the military. The People's Liberation Army is responsible for the uh, hospitals, the transportation of body parts, and the sale of them. It is therefore a governmental activity and constitutes genocide under Article 2 of the Genocide Convention. It is as serious as that. And my final word is, with respect to you, Peter, the Falun Gong art of the Chinese regime of today, what the Jews were to the Nazis during the war. And we should all take note of this and look at China with new eyes. The European Parliament uh, comes from a very diverse background, and as Peter has already said, even within this quite straightforward resolution there are still problems, because the absolute deluge of propaganda from the regime in Beijing, vilifying Falun Gong as some sort of extremist cult. Now, I've met, as I said, hundreds of members of Falun Gong. It is not a sect, it is not a cult, there is no money involved, there is no... Uh, brainwashing, all the normal characteristics of a cult simply don't exist. These are people who practice their uh, spiritual exercises uh, on their own, and yet, as I said, because between 70 and 100 million people in 1999 were practicing Falun Gong, this was seen by Zhang Zemin, then the, the, the leader of the Communist Party, as a threat to his own position. It wasn't, of course, but he saw the opportunity of creating an enemy within. Just as during the war, the Nazis singled out the Jews as a special character, characteristic and did what they did to the Jews. The same is happening today, today to Falun Gong in China. That is why it is genocide. That's why I say it's so serious. As to whether we can con convey this to all the members of the European Parliament, it's quite difficult. It is quite difficult, but we're trying. And that's what this press conference is about. There will be other activities today and beyond. Uh, I will maintain my campaign, especially until the people I had contact with are released from prison. On the question of um, Manfred Novak and his reports and his attempts to try and get to the truth about the situation in China, he's told me that he believes that uh, more than two-thirds of the prisoners in China in re-education through labor or forced labor camps are Falun Gong practitioners. That is a huge number of people. Now, at the end of the Kilgamatis report, you will see a list of more than 3,000 Falun Gong practitioners who have died under torture. To the regime, those are wasted people, but nevertheless, they have died under torture in the prison camps. I've met hundreds of Falun Gong who have been through this terrible process of escalating torture. Uh, I believe that we should, in Europe, now set up something like happened in West Germany during the Cold War at Selzgitter where an impunity index was maintained of confidential denunciations from East Germany under communist rule against torture and maltreatment. And after reunification, a number of prosecutions followed of those people. And what we need in, 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 in the world today is an impunity index maintained at an international level, in my view by the EU, in conjunction with the International Criminal Court, so that people in China or other countries where there's repression may make confidential denunciations and having talked to ex-prisoners, they tell me that the one thing that gave them some hope was that one day the torturers would be brought to account. Now, in the report of David Kilgore and David Matos, those 3,000 Falun Gong practitioners who've died, in those cases... It has been established where they were arrested, where they were imprisoned, who did the torture, 
that is listed, and that's a fundamental point. And we should never, ever give up on the idea that one day justice will be done. Thank you. Now, it's 2020. Uh, justice is, uh, you know, it's funny that we, we're talking about this now because justice right now is coming for a lot of people that are doing a lot of evil in the world, Mitchell. And uh, it, it's amazing how... Uh, this is uh, snowballing over the last 20 years with your research and looking into it, but who knows uh, if maybe this is the, the perfect time for this to come out and really blow up. I mean, I saw you on InfoWars and, and whatnot, and that's a great platform uh, for this kind of news, but why isn't the more mainstream news picking up on this, considering that everybody's coming out with allegations and and, uh, you know, hearsay information on this guy and that guy, and everybody's stuck on what's going on in Hollywood. This is like some real event. This is not like some uh, guy touched me 20 years ago. This is, you know, this is happening at a record number to innocent people. Why? What do you think that is happening with the mainstream media, not just in China, obviously, there's a communist country, but worldwide, they're not really covering this like it should be. Well, there's a saying, uh, extinction before extinction of life before loss of profit, right? So mm. the Chinese Communist Party angel uses economic interests to pressure Western countries. So um, the Chinese Communist Party behaves like the mafia by playing the economic card in foreign diplomacy, whether it's for foreign businesses, whether it's for check the tech. The tech giants, Google is now in bed with the communist regime. Hollywood is yes. in bed. They yep. won't, they won't dare make any movies without the the, the communist regime's um, approval. And you will see uh-huh. a lot of the movies yep. nowadays that are coming out um, about uh, uh, you know our Midway. I couldn't believe when I saw Midway. Midway has been funded by the communist regime's uh, um, uh, Hollywood uh, movie movie production yep. sets. I mean, I could, When you always see China in the beginning, you know it's from communist China. So um, whether China's aircraft manufacturing contract is given to France or the United States depends on which country keeps quiet on the Chinese Communist Party human rights. So many Western businessmen and politicians and mainstream media outlets, especially on the left, like MSNBC and CNN, are driven and controlled by economic profits from China. So some information technology companies like Google um, uh, from North America have supplied specialized products. Cisco Systems was caught doing this too to the Chinese Communist Party for blocking the Internet. So in order to gain entry into the Chinese market, like Skype as well, uh, some Internet websites have agreed to censor themselves and filter out information disliked by the Chinese Communist Party. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a, another statistic. because uh, We need to... Dealing with this, you've got to be very careful and exagger- you cannot exaggerate. Otherwise, you know your uh, your uh, your case is shot to hell, right? So right. I'll give you I'll give you a a, a, a fascinating uh, uh, fact um, because facts don't care about your feelings. That's the that's, 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 that's the whole thing. It's all about facts, and logic, evidence, and, and substantial. Um, uh, statistics that that garner the support of, of of truth, and that right. truth and that window of truth is extremely. It's like a whisper. It's very delicate. If you, do, if, 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 you know, if you break it in, in just a, a delicateness, it would, it would disappear. So anyway, according to data from China's Ministry of Commerce, by the end of April 2004, China has seen 
or saw a total of United States uh, uh, dollars of 990 billion dollars of foreign investment in various contracts. So that's a huge blood transfusion to the Chinese Communist Party's economy from foreign capital. Um, so the, 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 within the process of investment and foreign capital, um, the, the deciding factor of whether you will uh, be transparent about human rights or expose the human rights or come to the aid of the Falun Gong or not has a big uh, factor involved. I know. I remember when I was at the university, at Georgia State University, one of the top ten business schools in the nation at that time in 2001, and I was asking professors because I was creating a Falun Gong human rights group. They, I said, you know, I needed someone to, to sponsor it. You needed a professor. So I went to a couple of professors in the political department, and they would not budge. They would not come on board. I said, why? You know this is going on. You see the, 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 the evidence I'm bringing to the table. Why not be part of it? And they took me into secret and they said, listen, Mitch, I can't be a part of this because I'm pressured by the Chinese communist regime. And if I go along with this, I will be threatened. Our, uh, our economic ties will be threatened. Our political interests will be threatened. And I saw this once. Eventually, I got someone that was that, – that, that, Got me to got, sponsored me, but when I walked down the streets and saw these professors, they wouldn't look at me. They, they felt kind of shameful, ashamed, and, 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 and with all right, they should. When I sat when I sat down with the Federal Bureau of Investigation in early of 2005, because my um, I received death threats, my car was broken into, Chinese spies came after my friends and beat up my friends, and, and anyway, I've, I've been through it all, man. I mean, I've, I'm in communist Vietnam right now. I could get at any time communist officials busting down my doors and hauling me off uh, to a detention center because communist Vietnam is very much in uh, in the pockets of the, Viet, of the Chinese communist regime. That would, that, that's who runs Vietnam, basically. Um, our offices have, to, have had to be shut down. We've had to go into secret hiding. I've come back to Vietnam with very little money. Uh, I'm a lone warrior. I do this independent. And, you know, what keeps me going is the fact of what fail, what, to fail to support the good and to fail to expose evil is unacceptable. And one day on my deathbed, before I leave this earth, I have to, as a man, know that I've done something worthwhile, that I stood up against an evil, tyrannical red dragon that had all the money in the world and all the superpower in the world, but didn't have the heart and didn't have the morality and were killing people left, right, and center, as they have done with this bioweapon, uh, coronavirus that they've unleashed mm -hmm. on their own people that's been killing now uh, up to 50,000 deaths and 1.5 million people infected. Uh, this is the latest figures, the real figures that are coming out. 50,000 dead, uh, up to 1.5 million infected. Now it's gone into Beijing. They're locking down Beijing. They've locked down Hubei province. They've locked down Wuhan. They've locked down Shanghai. 100 million people are now in quarantine. People are ki being killed on the streets. Uh, and, and, and wow. uh, you know, but this is this is this is not nothing normal. This is nothing new from the communist regime. You know, the thing is that they did yeah. this when uh, during the great the great famine of of when Mao Zedong was came into power, between 40 and 50 million people wiped out, uh, starved to death. They basically the communist regime and its military under Mao Zedong. Um, blocked off all the villages and wouldn't allow the farmers to go out so, so people starved to, get, to, to death. There was cannibalism that was involved uh, in, in China under that era. And now it's just the same thing where the Chinese military is blocking up everything, concealing everybody, quarantining, and dropped this, this, this bioweapon into China in order to, to turn public opinion against 
uh, or, or to deceive the people uh, to show, you know, from, from, the, from the complete economic collapse. But they've shot themselves in both feet. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's very serious. It's very, it's very problematic. You know what's crazy? Uh, you know, here in the States, you know, you're, you're out in Vietnam, which, by the way, I don't, I don't know how you're making it out there. It's, it's amazing you, you're, you're out in Vietnam, you know, and you're a brave, brave soul. I'm a, I, 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 Angel, forgive me for, for cutting you off. I'm, I'm uh, surprised I'm even alive. I'm surprised they haven't killed that's me. That's shocking. Yeah, it's they shocking itself. Me but this, you know? you're, uh, let me tell you, you're one of the bravest human beings I've ever met, to be honest with you. And uh, if you're... In, in the West, let me tell you, it's it's funny for me to uh, to see what's going on here compared to what's going on in China and other parts of the world, because here we're trying to impeach a guy over a, a bullshit phone call, and we're trying to uh, take away his job. Uh, we have people criticizing him for stopping flights coming in and out of China when there's a virus that's spreading all through China, and you have people in the West saying, "Well, he's a racist for doing that." Really, it's ridiculous. It's insane. It's a, people are insane. It's insane. Well, yes, and, 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 and I don't know how much time we have left, but um, the, the 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 propaganda and the poison of cultural Marxism that is seeped into the liberal universities, the yep. tech giants, um, the, the 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 government under Hillary Clinton, Obama, and, and those those people who are crim- absolute criminals, Joe Biden, absolute criminals. Um, if it wasn't for Trump coming in, I don't know if a lot of your audience are Trump supporters, but um, if it wasn't for Trump stopping this communist terror from taking over America, because this is what mm-hmm. exactly what the Rockefellers and the globalists and Soros wants, they want to destroy America, destroy the fundamental constitutional values of the United States, take away the guns, where, and render the American population real, uh, 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 helpless. This bioweapon which was accidentally uh, released from the biolab in China was actually destined for America to invade America in order to render America, kill, kill millions and millions of people and then invade America uh, from, from the Mexico border from, um, uh, and, and, and use North Korea and Russia to, to finish the job and then take over America and depopulate the rest of the world. 600 million people based on the Georgia Guidestones. Um, now, that's, you know, that, 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 is, that is confirmed and that is true from, from uh, communist sources, which I, I haven't, we can get into that for uh, in large scale. We were talking about this this morning. But talking about um, the, the Falun Gong, the organ harvesting, the bioweapon, this is a tactic. This, these are confirmed tactics and reports mm-hmm. that have been confirmed by uh, individuals, for example, Francis Boyle, who drafted the bio. Biological Weapons Act uh, in 1989, he confirmed that this is an offensive biological warfare weapon and that the World Health Organization already knows about it and is in on it. Um, and I can say to you that um, the investigators of the Falun Gong organ harvesting, when I was sitting with them in, uh, in Westminster Abbey in London, uh, ex- exposing this at a child trafficking court. And don't even get me started on the human trafficking and the child trafficking and the pedophilia with Jeffrey Epstein that came out. I mean, that, that whole story. And he was murdered oh as a yeah. operative to yep. keep quiet because of Hillary Clinton's involvement and Bill Clinton's involvement and God knows how many Prince Andrew of the royal family, just to name oh, a few. There's, there's, a whole, there's a whole list of uh, celebrities, actors, uh, you know, people sure. in politics. I mean, you can, yeah. you can name uh, a bunch of these names and you'll be like, what? That person's on the list? Yeah. That 
Capitals on the list. I mean, it's it's crazy, Mitchell. Absolutely. So when I was sitting and, and talking about this, um, the, the confirmed reports in, in London, we also came to confirm that the Minister of uh, of Health to the Chinese Communist Party, Wang Jiefu, who is a liver transplant surgeon who oversaw the the persecution and the forced organ harvesting of Falun Gong, and actually conducted forced organ harvesting, live harvesting of Falun Gong practitioners, uh, killing them for their organs. He was uh, boosted onto the um, and placed into the World Health Organization, onto the board of the World Health World, World Health, uh, Health Organization. And when Dave, when the investigators came to talk to the World Health Organization, which is the main arm of the United Nations, okay, uh, to share to them, look, this is the 52 pieces of evidence. This is going on. They refuted it. They denied it. And these, what, what, what's sick to me is that these are the people, the United Nations, the World Health Organization, the Vatican and the governing bodies. These are the people who were put in place to save humanity and protect humanity from this kind of evil, but are the very ones that are colluding in, the, in this evil. You know what I mean? So <sighs> that's the scary thing about it. This is who's running the world. This is who's running yeah. our medical associations, are implementing policies, ladies and gentlemen, who are, who are creating decisive um, uh, tactics to destroy the world. And these are the yep. people who we have entrusted with our humanity, with our salvation our lives, and these are the very people like Bill and Melinda Gates who patented the bioweapon and, and was, was conducting a simulation to see how many, how many millions of people were dying. Well, uh, they, conducted that, uh, they concluded that only 65 million people would be, will, will be killed. This was months huh. before uh, the, the, the bioweapon was released in December. So now you have a massive, massive uh, 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 criminal activity uh, you know, uh, um, conducted by the very people who swore to protect our very existence, are trying <laughs> now, are, are deliberately destroying our existence. Yes, yeah. So have fun with that. Uh, wrap, your, wrap your head around that nonsense. That that no. confirmed allegation, which is true. That truth, you know. No, no, it, it doesn't shock me either. And uh, this all probably has a lot to do with you know decreasing the world's population. I mean, there's, there's, sure. a lot of, there's a lot of things that are behind this, why a lot of these governments would do this and would, you know, take part and allow this to happen. And uh, I think this also points out why Trump is so hated, because he really is against a lot of this stuff. And he's been saying it from the beginning of his campaign when he was talking about children that go missing and, and uh, you know, all these things that are happening behind the scenes and draining the swamp. What do you think all that's about? Trump is the wrench in the globalist plan. He was, yeah. the, he was the wrench. He was, he was a godsend uh, to save the last of the republic because um, they were going to destroy America. They were going to, t they were taking, they were going to take the guns away. Uh, so it was our last hope. I mean, this is the, this is the great uh, hope that we had. This is a godsend. Trump is a godsend. Say what you like about things, you know, he can do better, but he's only one man. And I mean, <sighs> because of the checks and balances. And balances. He's not a dictator. He's not a supreme leader, as you see in a lot of these Middle Eastern countries, or like right. dictator she, she, who's now been missing for many days. He's actually underground now. I mean, it's out of control. This virus and the forced organ harvesting. So, yeah, Angel, I don't want to take much, too much more of your time. I would love to share some of your uh, or uh, some of the websites where people can go and sign a petition. I know it really doesn't do much, but the pen is always mightier than the sword, especially when it comes to like a will or become power of attorney. If you can sign a petition to support and voice your support for the Falun Gong and even practice the exercises yourself, 
you'll see tremendous benefits uh, from health, from psychological, from physiological. Uh, you will, you'll be able to sleep better by practicing these exercises. So uh, if I have time to do that, that would be great, Angel. Definitely. I, I know there's one more clip that uh, we, we haven't gotten to yet uh, from Professor Wendy Rogers. Yeah, we, we, we could still play that. And uh, give uh, the websites now, and before we wrap up after that clip, uh, we'll go ahead and give them out again, but I definitely want to give you a uh, you know, platform to give out the links multiple times. And anybody who's listening to the podcast, you know, you get them now, you get them after the clip before we do wrap up. Because uh, I want to play all the clips. They're all very important. I want the audience to really uh, check them all out. Uh, so go ahead and give up the website. So we're going to play the clip, and then when we come back, we'll wrap up, and, and we'll go ahead and uh, give them again. So if you missed them now, you can get them at the end of the show. Go ahead. Wonderful. Well, anyone who is interested to learn about Falun Gong or Falun Dafa, as it's also called, it's two names but the same practice, uh, the, the webs, the, the exercises are free of charge. You can learn it all over the world, especially in the United States. The, the website is www.falundafa.org. You can also go learn about, about the persecution and what, what Falun Gong is in depth at faluninfo.org. Net. That's F-A-L-U-N-I-N-F-O dot net. Also, the reports are free of charge at endtransplantabuse.org and stoporganharvesting.org. I think those are the four websites you can get a plethora of information. And uh, yes, please play the clip from Professor Wendy Rogers. Here we go. What seems to be unusual about China is that, and I think Ethan Gutman makes this argument brilliantly in his book, is is how the, the Chinese government have solved two problems at once. They've solved a problem of organ shortage along with a problem of dealing with a, a quite annoying dissident population um, by using the one to, to source the other. And it's done on such a wide level at, with involvement at all levels of government that it's state-sanctioned, it's turned... What Zethan says, it's turned doctors into murderers um, and used health reasons to, 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 to persecute and, and kill um, a, a group that they're not happy with. It's extremely difficult to find evidence about what's happening in China because it is such a secretive system. At the moment, however, though, we've got three reports that have come out over a period of 10 years. The first in 2006, Bloody Harvest, by David Kilgore and David Mattis, used an, a, a wide range of evidence and particularly relied on phone calls and interviews and website um, scrutiny to look at what was going on in China to establish um, the, the nature of the trade there. Then Nathan Gutman did his investigation called The Slaughter, which was published in 2014, and he um, used a different methodology. He interviewed people who'd come out of labor camps and put together a very detailed picture which he fitted into the political background um, of China and built up a very compelling story of how the two things had come together, the persecution of the Falun Gong and the rise in transplant medicine. So that was two sources of evidence. Following that, in 2016, we've had a new report published called The Update, um, Bloody Harvest the Slaughter, The Update, which is available free to download. And this is an exhaustive report, 600 pages with 2,000 references. And in this report, the authors who joined forces, so we've got um, Mattis, uh, Gutman and Kilgore, have tried to document the extent of transplant activity in China using a number of innovative methods. 
So they've looked at the number of hospitals that are licensed to do transplants, the number of hospitals that are not licensed but are nonetheless doing transplants, the numbers of beds in the hospitals, the number of medical staff in the hospitals, reports of how busy the doctors are, reports of bed utilisation rates, and reports of profits being made by transplant in individual hospitals. In terms of, of, of withholding credibility from practitioners of Falun Gong just because they're practitioners of Falun Gong, it's a, an instance of what, what we call testimonial injustice. It's like not believing someone because of who they are rather than because of what they say and the reasons that what they say might be true. And again, I, I put it down to the the... the, the the skill of the Chinese government in demonizing the practitioners of Falun Gong within China so that they're, um, as I understand, you know, can be ostracized or considered to be bad citizens, bad people, um, and so you shouldn't believe anything they say. But they've also sold that to people who, who should be able to take a far more critical stance, who haven't been subject to years of Chinese brainwashing, um, and who should be able to say, okay, it doesn't really matter. Um, what this person's spiritual practices are, they're providing me with evidence and I should listen to this evidence and take it at face value um, initially. Of course you're sceptical if you think someone's trying to um, tell a story to further some, um, some political ends, but again as Ethan's explained, there's no evidence that Falun Gong is a cult of any sort, there's no evidence um, of, of political action to try and bring down the Chinese government, um, there's no evidence of anything other than a, a deep desire to be left alone to practice um, their spiritual beliefs in peace and to not be locked up and murdered. And so it, it, it seems a very unpleasant and evil form of victim blaming um, to, to withhold credibility just because people are practitioners. As far as I'm aware from what's been reported in the media uh, is that um, Professor Jeremy Chapman uh, regarded it as a, a load of Falun Gong propaganda. Um, that, that, I don't think that was the exact words he used, but that was uh, the intent of the words. And I'd, I'd read a lot of media at the time, and I can't remember where the other what article was, but the other article was a, um, a spokeswoman for the Chinese government, and it was almost word for word exactly the same as what Professor Chapman said, and that just made me wonder who was briefing him. Well, the, the appropriate response would be to at least engage with the literature I think to have a look at it, I don't expect them to get translators and check every single source, but to have a look at what's there and then to engage in a dialogue to say, well, there's a problem with using bed utilization rates because of this, or um, actually transplant doctors, you know, do more transplants than that or do fewer. Just to look at the different indicators that um, Mattis, Kilgore and Gutman have put together and to say, well, these ones stand up, these ones don't stand up. Um, this is how you could get better information. If they're interested in knowing what's going on in China, they need to be part of the solution in, in actually identifying what's going on rather than just dismissing attempts. Francis Delmonico said on under oath at the um, US Senate committee hearings that TTS had no access at all to the military hospitals. And I think he said as well that they're aware that, that they are problematic or, or, or similar words. What, what TTS needs to do to engage with the report is to let go of the idea that 
this is Falun Gong propaganda. I think there are enough credible accounts, there are enough questions from credible and multiple sources to say, okay, there seems to be a real problem here and it's a terrible problem. How can we help to try and sort out what is actually going on because we can't act effectively unless we know what's going on. I think TTS is somehow, for some reason, convinced by the Chinese um, government or their representatives that this is propaganda, that it's political, and that TTS doesn't want to get involved in anything that's seen as China's internal politics. But if people are being murdered for their organs, you've immediately got a close connection between transplantation and politics. You can't just say we're only interested in transplantation, not in politics. Mitchell, let me tell you something, and I've often uh, I've had this uh, uh, thought when I hear about uh, atrocities like these and, uh, you know, uh, serial killers and, you know, all these, uh, you know, evil deeds that, that go on in the world. And I often think, you know, how can people in general take part in these things? You know, how can you be a doctor who, you know, you, you become a doctor because you want to save lives, take part in, in things like this. We're talking about this is something that um, on a massive scale involves a lot of people that you would think would say, you know what, I'm not doing this. Why is it, I mean, I still, it, to me, it always boggles my mind how more and more individuals go along with this stuff. And I know money's involved and a lot of them might have a gun to their head and I understand all that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, it seems like there would have to be a lot of these people that are going along with it because they really just have no conscience. Yes, they have no heart. They have no soul. They've sold it. At all. What is a man, is a man who profits the whole world and loses his soul in the process? It's all now money. It's narcissism. It's apathy. It's uh, uh, it, it, no one cares. Not many. Not 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 that no one cares, but very few people can put it on the line for other people and sacrifice. Right. And and what is it? What is it? We've reached a point, Angel and everybody, that the morality has sunk worse than hell, and we become mm. our morality. Our hearts have become worse than beasts, and we are in in revelations. I'm not I'm not a, a religious person, but I know. In the Bible, they talk about the red dragon, the revelations, the final judgment. I mean, yep. and, and, and if this if this coronavirus jumps to the states and jumps to to Africa, I mean, you're going to have you're going to have more pandemic. I've just received intel that over 250 million people now are quarantined in China. 50,000 wow. 50, a day are being infected. 1.5 million at least have been infected now. 50,000 deaths. And the death toll is raising, rising, rising. They're burying the bodies at a 24-7 hour rate um, wow. a day. And uh, the, the, the Vietnamese government have been secretly and quietly and covertly creating field hospitals. Uh, there are very short supply of masks. The, the food is running out um, in China. People, uh, the, the, the economy is grounded to a, to a, to a standstill. Um, and, yeah, this is, this is, this is insane. Um, this is ugly. Yep. Yeah, and, and this is all caused by the immorality of human beings. I mean, and like I said before, when the very people were sworn to protect humanity from complete disaster, they are the ones that are implementing the disaster on a large scale. Um, so God be with you, and I wish I wish uh, like more people like you, if there's any other hosts out there, podcast hosts, or if you know anybody, Angel, um, mm. that we, we, uh, is willing to listen to me and clarify the truth about the Falun Gong. If there's any professors that are listening or CEOs that are listen, listening, you know, be 
careful doing business in China. Now there's no way in doing business in China because everything's collapsed mm -hmm. now. I mean, there's no way they can, they can contain this virus. And yep. no one's going to go to work and do this. I mean, it, because uh, after, after this, uh, this pandemic, now there's going to be pandemonium. And pandemonium is, is fear on a, on a scale we've never seen in our lives. And I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, I just came back from the States celebrating wonderful Christmas with my, with my family in, in Atlanta, Georgia. I am an American citizen, born in South Africa but raised in America. Uh, and I might have to leave in the next month or two if I don't find anything suitable here. I've got to go back to America because, uh, and I might be quarantined for two or three weeks, two or three weeks because I'm coming back from, from Asia. Uh, right. But yeah. Again, uh, let me give you the websites and I'll call it a day with you, Angel. Yeah, you gotta be very careful before you got, before you kill out the websites. Let me tell you, you're in a very dangerous part of the world and, you know, God bless you, man. Whatever God you believe in and anybody out there, you know, I'm agnostic myself, but I'm open to uh, interpretation or whatever that de deity might be. Uh, so whoever you pray to at night, man, uh, bless your heart because you're doing amazing work and, uh, please go on the websites, uh, where people can follow what's going on with the following dong. And uh, also, I want, uh, I want, you know, to, to make sure that we have you back on. I know we spoke about you doing the video show, and I want to have you on that so we can do a follow up on this because, uh, this is not something that's going to, uh, going away. The full on gong, it's, uh, uh, this, I think it's going to intensify over the next year. This whole, uh, you know, the coronavirus and this genocide, it's, it's just going to get more and more intense. So please give out those websites one more time. Absolutely. Um, well, for those who want to really learn a, an amazing spiritual practice, and um, like I said, the exercises are free of charge, wonderful for the body, and that's why they're being killed for their organs, because they're so healthy. Uh, FalunDafa.org, that's for the exercises and the contacts throughout the world. There are many people who would love to share you with the, the exercises with you. I taught them in the yoga studios when I was in California, and people loved them. Um, for more walks of life, uh, and also to learn more about uh, what Falun Gong is and the persecution, you can go to faluninfo.net, F-A-L-U-N-I-N-F-O.net, also stoporganharvesting.org, where all the reports are, the, the confirmed reports that uh, are proving that this, or have proven beyond a reasonable doubt and a shadow of a doubt that this is going on in China, that the Falun Gong have been vilified and dehumanized and killed for their organs. Uh, at endtransplantabuse.org. Also, um, if everyone, if, if someone is an avid reader of China and wants to really learn about the real um, truth about uh, China be, uh, behind the Red Wall, there's a great publication free of charge. You can watch it or you can read it. Uh, at the www.nine, that's nine, uh, uh, written, the word nine, like the number nine, but word, nine right. commentaries.com, www.nine commentaries.com. And, uh, yeah, folks, discern for yourself. Thank you for allowing me to share with you and, uh, and, uh, and be a voice of support for the Falun Gong and for people around the world who are suffering this terrible tragedy, especially in China. Thank you, Angel, and God bless you, Angel. You're an angel, Angel. I try to be, but let me ask you, is there a, a way for folks to follow you, particularly so they can, you know, keep up to what you're doing? Because, I mean, like I say, you're doing amazing research, and uh, is there, like, any personal links that you want to give out also? Um, not particularly. Look, I, uh, I'm just, um, 
I'm a spiritual warrior. I'm a simple warrior on the front lines. Don't worry about me. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I'm on Facebook. I'm not really doing much on Instagram or, uh, or other, you know, other places. I, I just try and email. If anyone, if anyone wants to email me and say, look, uh, Angel, I've got 300 students in my class. We're doing a Chinese study. I would like Mitch to come on and uh, via Skype to share about this. Or if there are any other hosts out there, they would like to have me on their podcast. Angel, you have my information. My uh, my uh, my webs. My um, email is uh, m g e r b e r four 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 at gmail dot com. Again, I don't do this for money. Uh, I'm actually uh, pretty much a starving uh, spiritual warrior right now. So it's it's pretty tough. It's very very tough. I've only got about a thousand dollars in my bank account for for rent and for food and. I'm just doing wow. it because all the schools are closed right now. I was teaching, to make a little ends meet, I was teaching little one-year-olds, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, and four-year-olds uh, English, you know, just holding those little beautiful beings of light, you know. It's, they're so special, and, and that's what I do it for. I do it for the children, you know. I protect children from child traffickers. I expose this evil of forced organ harvesting. I was a bodyguard for five years. But again, what is a man who cannot make the world a better place? And the mm. greatest, the greatest honor in life is to... Not only die a noble death, not, not only die a noble death, but to live one as well. So uh, before you leave this earth, everybody, do something important. Go sign the petition to, to, to support the Falun Gong. That's one thing you can do. I know it, it seems not a lot, but again, you know, it's very important. Even if you're, you know, as a power of attorney, you're signing a will, you're signing a document, you're signing a check, you're signing a mortgage. It's very, very important. It's a serious thing in life. This, the pen is always more mighty than the sword. So go to the website, stoporganharvesting.org, sign the petition, and so, so you can stand on the right side of destiny. It definitely helps energetically, and in, in the eyes of the universe or the creator, it's definitely something that uh, shows that you care and you give a damn. So thank you, Angel, and Thanks, everybody, for listening, and Godspeed, and I hope to, if, I, if they don't kill me yet, uh, 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 the next time around, I'll see you on the show. <laughs> Definitely. Stay alive, stay healthy, and please, let's stay in communications. Absolutely. You know where I am, so God bless, and if anyone wants to reach out, please contact Angel. Contact me at mgerber444 at gmail.com. That's mgerber, M-G-E-R-B-E-R, 444 at gmail.com. I'm really in waiting. I'm a machine, and uh, I'm lying hard, so come on. I'll, 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 I'm, I'm right here. You're doing amazing work, my friend. We'll talk soon. Take care, Angel. Good night.